0: Welcome to Jude's List. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Happy New Year.
0: (laughs) Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2024. I'm really, really excited. How do
1: you feel about that? I'm moderately excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Moderately? Why?
1: I mean, I feel like every year begins with you know this whole kind of excitement of trying to accomplish so much and um in my experience i'm not trying to be a negative nancy but in my experience sometimes you don't accomplish some of the things you set out to do especially if it's like a very specific thing so it's like i like to try and well this year i'm entering into this whole idea of having more open goals okay if that makes sense
0: okay so you don't want to set yourself up
1: yeah, I I don't want to be... Yeah, I don't want to set myself up, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I, I think you need a little bit of that, you know. You need that bubbly, energetic aspiration to look forward to something throughout the year. So it's like an angle, basically, to say that, oh, okay, I'm shooting for the stars, but, like, if I fall...
1: Yeah, maybe my goal can be managing expectations. Maybe that should be my goal. Yeah. Because uh, 2023, like... I was going to finish my movie. I was going to finish my book. I was going to clear out a lot of projects so that I could take on some new projects. Yeah. All of these things are still outstanding (laughs) at this point. Yeah. So that's why it's difficult for me to say, especially because I I work in a collaborative medium in film. And, uh, you know, if I was like a painter or something that doesn't really require other people like maybe a podcaster yeah (laughs) Yeah. then I could just be like yeah I'm gonna do all this by myself and I don't really I don't really need anybody else but with film is a collaborative medium so if I say I'm gonna make a film this year it's very much contingent upon raising funds um, hiring the right people the right competent people that can um, follow through on my vision and um, when it comes down to me personally As an individual, I know what I'm capable of. Okay, okay. Sometimes I don't think I'm in the right setting.
0: We'll get into that. But just before we continue, can you introduce yourself and then tell us who you are?
1: Sure. My name is Halal Smith. I am a filmmaker, a writer, a poet. I've been working in the Ghana film industry. I'm doing air quotes. Uh, The Ghana film industry, quote unquote, for almost 10 years. I shot a movie called My Very Ghanaian Wedding. It's on Netflix. Check it out. And um, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Why media? Why film? Like what drew you into this
1: space? When I was a kid, I remember doing a play. So I I was born in Ghana and I moved to the States when I was like two. And I remember doing a play. I think it was like Christopher Columbus or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like a weird kind of early childhood memory of mine. But I've always been fascinated with stories. I used to play with my toys, you know, and I had little action figures and we would have like, I'd have little stories for them, you know, and I'd had like a slate and we'd have different series and stuff like that. Um, And then as I grew older, I got into the drama club and, you know, in Ghana, there's this strong focus to be successful in a very like academic way Mm -hmm. like oh i'm a doctor or or i'm a lawyer and there's nothing wrong with those things yeah the traditional parts exactly if that's where your intelligence and your skills and everything kind of move you towards but um that's that's not i mean i can do those things like i'm a decently intelligent person but i'm an artist and i've always been an artist and I, i i think i wanted to be something like this um, Like a sec- like I'd studied psychology So something that I felt like was academic And I was pre-med for a while And then I was like But then I always had like a foot in the arts Okay but, As a
0: passion or yeah. hobby?
1: As a passion, as a hobby Like genuinely if, if you were to ask me If all things being equal What I would do That comes easiest to me That I'm the most good at Is poetry okay. I would be a poet Yeah um, This is the thing that I, I, I genuinely love doing To the point that I don't even really do it anymore because I want to learn other things and I want to be accomplished in other areas of my life. But long story short, like, you know, I, I, I've always had a passion for arts and um, I came back to Ghana after grad school and I did a play and it, w- it felt really good and I did a short film that felt really good and I was like, hey, you know what? Let me do this. Okay. Yeah, let me do this full time
0: that's That's a bold step,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. you mentioned something about Ghana not being the right setting. Can you add on to that?
1: Oh man, where do I even start? <laughs> I think the best way to describe it is I do not feel that uh Accra and to a more a large extent Ghana is conducive for the artistic uh, of artistic growth. That's what I feel, okay, um, based on my experiences here
0: okay is it too small like what is the problem
1: damn i don't know if we can swear on this podcast but um man this thing is fucked up um i think that like the corruption that permeates every sector of this country permeates the creative sector the creative arts and it's a cultural thing because people are not approaching arts in a way that helps to foster growth within other people it's all about what can you get from me or what can i get from you okay you know and i've seen and i see it you see people and i'm sure you've seen it too yeah that you've seen people who are guitarists but then they're essentially prostituting out their talents to make money which is fine fair enough you need to make money i'm not being you know a a, i don't know an anti-money person but like I believe that you got to do it for the passion of the art and then, and then the money should theoretically come, but Ghana, and that that brings me to the fact that Ghana is also too small, Mm -hmm. right? If you are living in the U S right, you have folk singers, you have rappers, you have rock people, you have blues, you have jazz. And and if you're smart and you find the right people, you can have a decent life. You may not be Kanye West. You may not be Justin Bieber, but, You can have a decent life, but in Ghana, you have to be only doing one certain type of thing to be taken seriously in a way that is financially viable.
0: You can't be a guitarist and do movies and do uh, and own a restaurant and like do other things on the side. You just have to do the one thing people know you for.
1: No, I mean that there's really only like... If you if you wanna make it in the music industry, you have to make Afrobeats. Okay. Okay. Right? Like if you were the, the, to the path is linear. Yes. Like if I was to come out and I'm probably a great violinist. Oh you're doing jazz. Well I'm doing jazz. I'll suffocate here. Yeah. I may get a job at um Kapinski or something singing every Wednesday evening. But how much money is Kapinski gonna pay me? I buy, will I have enough to buy my Range Rover? <laughs> okay okay and i'm just kidding about the range Rover thing but I, like the point i'm trying to make is like the way the world should be is that you should be able to use whatever talent you have to make enough money to at least live a decent life okay put food on the table take your kids to school vacation once in a while but it doesn't work like that in a lot of places in the world. It's not just Ghana. Yeah. It's just it's more stark here because the population is smaller. Yeah. So then if you're looking at it from a like financial standpoint and looking at it from a um advertising standpoint, it's difficult to make a financial argument to a violinist. It's like, yeah, dude, well, what are you gonna do here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's just a, a symptom of several layers of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Because even, even if you look at like how we view creativity or how we view the creative industry, there's not a lot of representation. There's not a lot of icons. There's not a lot of people to look up to. You saying, for instance, that you want to be a guitarist or you want to be a drummer, also like in two generations, who's seen that happen? Who's made a big-ass drama from Ghana? Yeah. You understand. And and beyond that, the need for survival is so strong that everyone is like, Oh, what can you do for me? Mm-hmm. And it's not the other way around because like the whole purpose of art is that it's, it's in service to others. Hundred percent. If you're not approaching from that basic premise, and then you're mm-hmm. obviously like the you, you can also make money from your art, but that shouldn't be the purpose, that shouldn't be the goal, that shouldn't be what wakes you up from bed.
1: Yeah. I mean, you should make money from your art, as I said. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, we all deserve to live. You know, again, and I think this may be another issue is that everybody wants to be the chosen one. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you've ever, if you do remember back in the day when we used to do, we used to play football in the park, right? Everybody wanted to be the striker. No one wanted to be the goalkeeper. Yeah, and I think that's what Ghana is like. Everyone wants to be. The one and no one wants to sit back and take take real stock of their life and be like, you know what? Maybe maybe that's not where, where I'm that's maybe that's not my path. Okay. You know, like some people need to be the goalies, some people need to be the managers, whatever, you know. A society isn't built on everybody doing one thing. But like you said, there's only really few like avenues for success here. Yeah you know, where people are like, this is the thing that they did. This is how they became successful. People see that and they're like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. That's why we have so many chicken and rice spots that do the same. Or Indomie. Or Indomie, exactly, right? It's like, okay, this person did it. Monkey see, monkey do. This person did this thing. They are successful. Let me do the same thing and I will be successful.
0: Yeah. So hello, my thinking is, how can we be different? How can we encourage collaboration in such a way that we're doing it at scale? Because here's my thinking, that we don't have to look too far for examples. If we look at Nigeria, we say, okay, we want to take this music thing and we want to make it global, right? From Ghana. Yes. We want to make it global. Now, is it, we don't just want Afrobeats, we want the global stage how do we make that an agenda for everyone to buy into that vision mm. and it's not it's not a question to you specifically but it's 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 my thinking like why can't we make the vision so clear everyone gets a buy in
1: it's it's like the globalization of your culture essentially right like yeah. the italians i mean like look it's not something that hasn't been done the italians have done it pizza pasta right like yeah super mario (laughs) you know what i mean the japanese have done it like all of these countries and it's not just japan or china or india or the uk all of these countries have a brand okay and a brand a brand that is um lucrative in a sense that makes them money that makes them identifiable so when you talk about pasta you know okay this is pasta it's italian right this is pizza it's italian right whether it's italian american or italian you see where it's coming from yeah we don't have that kind of branding here in ghana and what our branding is going now is heading towards like if you ask people outside about ghana it's all about partying and all that kind of stuff so that's where our branding is going now so in order to pull that back it's going to take a collective effort of like a group of people and some of these things they don't Like, a cultural revolution is not something that is incited by one person. It's like an energy. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? It's like, you start doing your own thing. You start making a a type of music that's like, it's not Afrobeats, it's your own thing. And it's like, damn, this is like, this fucking slaps. And someone listens to you and is like, oh shit, that sounds dope. And they start doing something like how you're doing it. It's not about money. It's not about becoming famous. It's about... The quality of the music, what you're saying, the message, and then and then it becomes a snowball, right? Yeah. That's what happened in the '70s, right? Yeah. In in America with music and with the counterculture movement, it was this thing where it was like, "This is how things have been going for a long time. Let's do something different." And then everybody got along with it, and it wasn't about the well, it was about the the money, right? But it was more about the music, and it was more about the art. And then it became a movement. and became a cultural movement. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of these people are so focused on money that they would never, they wouldn't even see something special if it like ran them over in the street. You know what I mean? Like, that's such a
0: sad way to put it.
1: That's just what I believe. I wish I didn't believe that, but based on my experiences, that's what I believe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that makes me sad, you know, but... I would also be the optimistic to say that that is changing, but it's happening too slowly.
1: Yeah, it's happening too slowly for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm grown, man. Like, I got shit to do. Like, yeah, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, it's, it's happening too slowly. So, like you said, if individuals come together to say, okay, this thing that we've been talking about, now we want to see this change now, not five years from now, not 10 years from now, I want to see it like three months from now, that sets like a clear direction of where things need to go to like you said we need to bring it back to what are we exporting outside of ghana Mm -hmm. the export is more like on tourism like coming to ghana for like like you said the partying the food the the thrills but that's short-lived beyond that, like you do that for two weeks and what else does ghana have to offer i see the potential and it, it, it saddens me because like there's so much when when the dust settles there's so much that we have in terms of opportunities Mm. because everything else is just dormant just waiting for someone to just kick it alive you know so apart from like the art scene which is like really transformed over the last five years i feel like the other sectors are just like ah yeah, we don't have money, we don't have infrastructure, so yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. But I understand that, like you said, it needs a little more push from like individuals saying that no no, at, no matter the cost, we're making this happen.
1: Yeah, I think, um, and this is where it comes, the, the thing that I said in the beginning about how our crowd is not conducive for creative growth. All of this, if we were in a place that is conducive to creative growth, all of these things would be easier. I don't say that all these things would be easy, but they would be easier. Okay. You know what I mean? Like we live in a place where people will stifle you. Right. And it's an energy. You tell someone, I told you I was going to be here at four o'clock. What time did I get here?
0: Yeah. You got here before four o'clock. I got
1: here before four o'clock. When people step up, other people step up. Yeah. You know, and that's the energy. But we get into this thing and I'm I'm there too. It's like, you know what? No one's gonna be on time. Why should I be on time? I've started doing that thing where someone is like, I should come to do something. Um, Maui's event, he was like, it was gonna start at 3.30. And I was like, okay, so or I said, I'll come around around four um, around yeah. five. You still <laughs> hadn't started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, when people, when people step up, right the smart yeah. people step up yeah because the thing is when we're talking about time our two most valuable resources as human beings is time and attention these are the two things that we cannot get back and when we play around with these two things when i know you as someone who plays around with these two things i can't take you seriously as a human being because at any point in time i can die and that's scary to me because i have so much i want to give in terms of my art yeah you know what I mean. And in terms of attention, it's like we only have a limited amount of attention to give yeah. certain things. I watched a YouTube video the other day about Prince, and this guy was fucking prolific. Yeah. They were like he he perfected. He could make a song in a day. He's saying it, it's they were saying in the in the the YouTube video he could do an album in a week. He had almost ten thousand songs in his vault. Like Damn. this. Dude, this this is like this is laser focus. This is a man who identified what his mission was. Yeah. And everything in his life was catered towards this. Yeah. Like this guy was deleting songs that are probably better than all the songs that are out now. Delete like songs that didn't make albums because, like, for whatever reason. But like these are classic songs. Like he knew how to write a hit and record a hit. And finish it and mix it and master it. And it was there. And it was any point in time that it was ready. You know what I mean? Like, like these people are are serious. Mm-hmm. Right. But then he had people around him. The sound engineers were like, Prince is not fucking around. I gotta step my game up too. Right? The his band, his dancers, everybody around him understood that Prince needs like Prince is he's on his mission, he's doing his, his thing. But in Ghana, bro. It's hard, man. Like, it's really hard. Like, my last film almost broke me because of, like, the people that are saying that they're going to do one thing and they don't do it.
0: Give me an example of that.
1: Um, famous example. Um, when is the whatever thing, the color, for example, going to be ready? Oh, it's going to be ready on Thursday. Okay, cool. No problem. I know that it's not going to be ready on Thursday. So on Friday, I call. Is it ready? The person doesn't respond to their phone. I call the person two or three times, no response. I send a message, no response. Maybe, maybe next week, Monday, Tuesday, oh I'm sorry. Something, 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 something. Came up. Wow. Bro, like we're we're sitting down here and then you hear, oh my god, man. You hear people with the craziest ego saying, Oh yeah, we're gonna Ghana's gonna do this and we're gonna win this. It's like, dude, our, like the whole system is so fucked. That like, I'm gonna say that's impossible, but it's, it'll be very the the people are the one who make it right. And if the people are not willing to make the sacrifices and then and and change their attitudes to work, it's never gonna happen, man. Right? The people that are actually doing these things that I'm talking about, yeah. they all go outside. They all work with the foreign the foreign productions, and that's actually actually another sad thing is if these same guys that are delaying their own people. When the foreign productions come, they're on time. They don't give them any stress. What's with that? Yeah, that's heavy, man. I'm asking you, man. I'm skidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's heavy.
0: Because, I mean, I'm also individual. That's driven by a sense of urgency. Because mm. I have sickle cell. Oh, know? damn. Yeah, and like, most of the time I'm in pain. Oh, shit. So and not just pain i am mean serious chronic pain
1: jesus are you taking like meds for that
0: i i i sometimes i take pain meds sometimes mm. i just like bear it soldier it out cuz like mm. the pain meds would wear out and then you're, you're back, back in to you're, you're back to zero uh-huh. so yeah my thing is like if this is my reality like i don't know when this is going to stop Whilst i have the energy like i've got to make the best use of my time 100 you know?
1: 100 man how old are you 36 36 yeah yeah
0: i'm going to make the best use of my time so it makes me sad that like when i see other people who move the way they do without any form of intention without being deliberate yeah and just wasting time i'm like <sighs> you really don't know what it you really don't know what it means to need Oxygen to breathe Yeah
1: you know? I was gonna I was gonna ask Like do you think that Like a lot of these people Like They're so Entrenched in Whatever is going on In their own lives That they don't Actually really think about The fact that like At any point in time Like all of it Could be taken away Whatever However little that you have
0: Yeah That's what I'm saying Like I've been in a position Where like I'm so weak I can't breathe So I need oxygen Yeah And that experience,
1: I can't imagine what that's like <laughs>
0: that experience if you have that, like there's no going back like it's like a light bulb goes on on in your mind because it's painful, yeah I, imagine like you having a water hole stuck in your nose, but there's mm-hmm. air coming in mm-hmm. and it's just gushing and you can't control it, and it's just there
1: and you need it to breathe. It's yeah. uncomfortable, yeah, yeah i can imagine man you well i mean what I, I can't really imagine but you, you like what, i feel you man like you
0: see what i'm saying so me having that experience it's like if you play with my time you, you're 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 really playing with me <laughs> you're, you're, yeah you're playing <laughs> you're with really your time with, man no
1: no you're playing with
0: my life you're with
1: your fucking life yeah i get that man like
0: you know because like you said I, i've got dreams i've got like things i want to put out mm-hmm. whilst i've still got the energy yeah yeah you know, and that's that's what it also motivates me. They're like, I have a I have this perspective that I feel like I can share a little bit of that would wake people up. I feel like most people are just like, they're not living life. They're just.
1: They're NPCs.
0: <laughs> exactly. They're just showing up. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just showing up. And you're just, you're, 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 the sad thing is, like, you're not just showing up as an average, you're just showing up. As showing up, you know? I am here.
1: Yes. My presence is a presence.
0: Yes. <laughs> I woke up and that's enough. And that's enough. But that's that's so basic and that's such a disservice to not only yourself and, 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 and to the world and to God. It's like you're setting the future generations back. Oh, 100%, man. Because like your whole purpose is that you're running a race and then you have to like Pass it forward. hmm hmm You know? hmm And I feel like black people, that's that's the that's the real problem. We're not passing on knowledge. You know, so in terms of the culture, the people in culture passing on knowledge as black people are entertainers. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. Yeah. You know, so like if you look at things like I don't want to go into deep about like generational wealth and all all of that. Like mm-hmm. you look at something basic like land acquisition. Mm-hmm. You understand, which, I mean, Ghana has layers and problems, but like in the family system, that knowledge should be passed on. How did we buy this place? 40 years ago, what was this place? You understand? How, if I've done that as a father who who's done it in this generation, if my son is coming up, I, I need to say, say to him that, I've done one. So now how do I set you up to get four?
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's like um, Bruce Lee said, or there's a quote attributed to Bruce Lee that said, don't give your kids what you never have. Teach them what you didn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's all tied into materialism and, and it's like, I want to give my kids like, the the things they didn't have, right? Yeah. Like the physical material things yeah. they didn't have. But I'm not going to show my kids how to get those things. Yeah. And that's kind of fucked up.
0: Yeah. It, it goes back to w- what you said, you know, the, the point on like being an NPC, just showing up being enough. And it, it's sad because like, no, dude, is it a way of life? And is it a way of being? Is this like, you're a zombie? Like you don't, have, you're not even aware of what you don't know you know so i feel like as creatives like whatever medium we choose to explore be it like music photography art history like we also have like a duty to also do the educational work
1: 100% man i mean um i view like i write films like i'm a filmmaker and yeah. i do out and i make music i write lyrics as well i just i'm a poet right like everything i do film wise is something i'm exploring okay right so like i'm writing a film now which is about perception and society right and i feel like one of the things that like going off of what you're saying is how i'm disappointed in the art that we create here yeah Not that it's not nice in its own way, man. Like there's some songs I hear them. I'm like, yo, this song is really, it's cool. It's bumping. It's right there. It's entertainment. There's nothing wrong with entertainment, right? But like you said, art is not just about entertainment. Art is about exploring society in a way that allows us to learn from our mistakes. Because you see something that we don't see. You're telling us about like how valuable life is and how valuable time is. And this is not a, it's not a joke. Yeah. It really isn't a joke. I mean, we have a finite amount of time here to do whatever it is that we've come to do. And yeah. when you don't do that, you have failed. Yeah. You know, not in a, you know, pun in, in like a judgmental way. I'm not trying to be, I don't know, like a judge a judge or whatever. Like you failed. You have something to do here on this planet. Yeah. And you're not doing that. You're being distracted by all these things. But, but the point I was trying to make is that like, the artists here are not, they're not artists yeah they're not artists yeah they're good craftsmen i spoke to this artist in Abri um Kofi. he's a great artist um and he said that a lot of these guys i was telling him about how you go to the uh, art center and you see people doing the same yeah. carvings everyone is doing like basically the same carving And he's like these guys are great craftsmen but they're not good artists and i thought that was really beautiful because there are a lot of people that, and the content is the new, I hate that word. I fucking hate that word, content. But then that's what some of these things are. They're just, they're content. They're literal things that are being shined at your eyeballs or shined at your earballs. And it's like, listen, here, be yeah. distracted. That's it. Move on with your life. You know what I mean? Quick dopamine hit. Yes, get that little <laughs> dopamine hit and then move on, yeah. you know? But like, we don't know what the fuck is going on in this country. Like, yeah. and there are people on the street that should be talking about what's really going on, but they don't do it. The filmmakers should be talking about what's really going on, but they don't do it. You know what I mean? You watch the films that we produce from here, and they're crap, man. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I'm being, whatever, too direct, yeah. but like, they're not good, you know? And we don't have, like, there needs to be a culture of healthy criticism. You know what I yeah. mean? Where I can. And it's a balance. Like, in as much as I am a very, like, into like the natural world, and there's nothing in the, in in that world of the esoteric, of the spiritual, nothing is wrong, yeah. right? But then in in this reality, in physical reality, things are wrong, yeah. And things may not be as effective as they wanted to be. If you wanted to make a song to, like, express a feeling you felt about somebody and you don't have that come across, then you've messed up somewhere, right? And you need to go back and say, how do I write this song to embody the emotions that I wanted to embody? And how do I perform it in a way that reaches my audience and is able to move people? Yeah. Right? And for that, you need healthy criticism. You need somebody you trust and who knows what the fuck they're talking about to come in and tell you that, okay, dude, this was really, really good how you did this how you did this how you did this but where you're lacking is here here and here and then you build up from there and then you keep moving but it's really difficult for artists to receive criticism you know yeah and I think it's really hard for Ghanians to receive criticism Mm -hmm. because I think I think ego has a lot to do with it I think because like a lot of us were kind of we're kind of suppressed as children yeah yeah you suppress the child the child energy. The curiosity. The curiosity. The 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 expression, the need to the need to make mistakes. Cause in as much as you I won't say criticize mistakes, you need to allow people to make mistakes because that's how they and learn. And ask questions. And ask questions. Stupid questions. Yeah. Ask ask as many questions yeah. as you want, man. I mean, obviously to a certain extent, but the you know, we're not allowed to have that that's that strong childhood experience that when you grow up you feel Empower to empower other people. A lot of these yeah. people had their power taken away from them because their parents had their power taken away from them by their parents who had their power taken away from them by the colonialists. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're going there, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, maybe it all goes back to colonialism. I mean, I don't know. We're not going to get into that. Um, but definitely the suppression of the child energy is, is I think, a huge reason why a lot of people have overinflated the, the ego. ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... It's like, a copy mechanism.
0: Yeah, you're not, you're not curious, you know, and like...
1: I know everything already. Yes. I'm already good. I yeah. don't need to change. I don't need to grow. But
0: it even goes back into, like, how we are taught to learn. Because the thinking is, oh, there's a textbook. Mm. This was written for the curriculum learn it and then you understand mm-hmm. but who said so you understand and you understand what to, yeah to
1: what degree and and for what purpose
0: yes <laughs> you know so it's like there are several layers that were removed so like you don't learn how to think you learn mm-hmm. what to think yeah you know yeah that even translated into how people behave because of my experience a- again with pain the thing about pain is like it makes you sharp because that's all you know. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's chronic, yeah. It makes you sharp because it's in the back of your mind that this thing can happen to me. Yeah. And based on the degree of of the pain, mm-hmm. you know, so it makes you sharp. Like you understand so much being present. You understand what it means to be in the now. Yeah, you understand. Yeah, like I've had times where I've, I go to bed, say at whatever time, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, or whatever. And I've had deep sleep. I wake up and it's only five minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is with this is with like sleep aid, pain med, everything. It wears out in five minutes. Do you understand? Yeah. Like having your time warped in that sense, it, it gives you a different sense of urgency. Like hundred percent You can't be normal again. No, no. <laughs> you, 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 and you see think, what I saying? I feel like
1: it's really amazing that you've embraced that
0: yeah that's no. what I'm saying like i've I've walked away with this awareness. I mean, I really thank God for my experience. I've walked away with this experience that my experience is not just for me. I have so much strength and so much resilience that is just not for me mm-hmm. right And it's in service to the many people I come across who don't have the strength to bear what I've gone through. yeah, right. So me having that awareness is like I've got to put people on game. Yeah. Right? I've got to be that pillar to say, if
1: Jude did it, like, you're really playing. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and, and I feel like 100% what you're saying is 100% valid. What I will say is that maybe someone's on a different journey. I mean, we make fun of certain people because of, like, how they react to things that we think is like, dude, what the fuck? Some yeah. guy out there is driving his super expensive car yeah. and gets like a little scratch on it and he's like you know the whole world is coming to end for him that's his version of whatever it is you're going through and yeah and yeah it's trivial but i mean again i'm just playing devil's advocate like sometimes people are going on different journeys some people in this world would never are having the opposite experience of what you're having yeah
0: and that's okay
1: and that's okay right and that's okay but then even within that like there is space to be present yeah and to appreciate i I switched i'm sorry like i switched my energy up one of these days like where i was driving a car like my old um car it's like a uh chevy cruz yeah and i drove into like um, a petrol station one day and there was this old security guy and he looked at the car and he's like oh man i wish i had this car one day one day when i retire i'll buy this car and i was like you want to buy this shitty ass car, man? Like, (laughs) don't you have any real dreams? Like, (laughs) and I was like, why? And I, and I felt bad, you know, I felt guilty. You know what I mean? For driving the car. And then as I was pulling out of the, the petrol station, I was like, instead of feeling guilt, instead of feeling all of these things, why wouldn't I be grateful for what I have?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in addition to that, my thing is also, that if there's any individual out there that is looking for that ounce of inspiration that is looking for that example that is saying they're just ready for that spark that will bring them alive I'm like look no further yeah like they can like it's there yeah like yeah because sometimes that's what we need we need an example we need to see someone who's done it despite the odds you know we need that story
1: yeah yeah Right, you like know? the actual physical yeah. reality story, yeah.
0: right? And, and and for me, like uh, obviously, like I'm the hero in my story, mm. but I'm not that for myself. I'm there for anyone else that needs an example, mm. and that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Because like, if it were up to me, I would have given up a long time ago. This is not worth it. No.
1: <laughs> you know this is 100% like,
0: this is not worth it like, it really is uh, not why am, I, why, why am I doing this struggling for what you know but I feel like tying it all into our conversation I feel like Ghana is that sleeping child that like needs an adult to say hey wake up
1: get your shit together Yeah, I don't even think it's a child I think it's like an adult that's acting like a child you know what really? I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, maybe a teenager. Let's let's find a let's find a compromise. Maybe a teenager, right? Cause like, yo, some of these people, honestly, you gotta no, get your shit if, together.
0: If you say a teenager, a teenager had like has been given instruction, can choose not to or not to or not to behave. Mm. I say a child because like there's like there's no instruction everyone's just like wild wild west let me do what I can for myself
1: yeah I definitely feel like that kind of energy is like just like a wild yeah like the film industry I call the film mercenaries yeah you know like but like if you look at like how any type of
0: progress is made it's like communities individuals coming up to build communities to say that okay we're making this energy go around 10 times instead of it going out of the community so I'll give you an example. If you look at like Indians, Chinese, Lebanese, I mean, Jewish people, like if you look at how they build communities, how they thrive around business, it's like I start the corner store. I ran it for 10 years, 20 years. It's a family business. It's all we know, all we have. But the example is I pass it on to my son hmm. to say, hey, this is... What I've built, the value is worth whatever it is worth, right? Now, my son has that. It's his duty to also pass on that and more to his son, right? So now, like there's a chain. Mm -hmm. It's in the community. If my cousin is going to buy something from the corner store, where do you think they're going to go?
1: You're going to go to your store, right? Yeah. Mm Yeah. You understand? Mm-hmm.
0: Now you look at it like, maybe my pricing is not good. Maybe the products I'm selling, it's, it's cheap, whatever, whatever. They still come to my store because like, it's in the community. They're supporting it as a community business.
1: Yeah. Because you're going to go to their store and yeah. spend money in their store. Yeah. Right? Like.
0: Yeah. So now they have an ice cream joint. I go to that ice cream joint. Mm-hmm. Right? Someone mm-hmm. has a pizza joint. I go to that pizza joint. Mm-hmm. Right, even if I don't like pizza, <laughs> just for the sake of support, mm-hmm. I go to that store. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same dollar that's coming to my store is going to the ice cream store and it's going to that pizza store and it's coming back to me. Mm-hmm. If it's ten dollars, it's gone back three times. Now it's thirty dollars coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're not only talking about currency here, we're talking about energy. Mm-hmm. Money is energy. You know, so it's like that same energy to say, okay, we'll work on a film project, right? I make music. I'll make music for your project so that when your project becomes a hit, my music also becomes a hit. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's it's, it's challenging because people have made that argument for so many people in Ghana and it's like, it just hasn't panned out. Yes. You know? Yes.
0: But you see, for every nine people that get disappointed. There's one person that changes the story and writes the wrong. I feel like sometimes we stop too short of the averages. Mm. You know, I've been burned too many times but you really go into it seven times. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. By seven nasty people who live
1: in Accra. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I feel like Accra is small so there's more of the that's, nasty people. That's, that's what, what I'm mean?
0: saying. So, it's just the averages. The average... Yeah. So, you've got to play the game long enough that the averages are in your favor yeah right say you do 50 favors Mm -hmm. for people it reduces the averages where like you're dealing with that type of energy Mm -hmm. you know because definitely one is going to come back to pass
1: it on yeah yeah i mean what are your thoughts i think that It's challenging. I feel
0: feel like you've been burnt so much now. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that is just like, again, it's different, right? Like we're living in a country with a population of 30 million, 30, let's say 34 34 million, right? Fine. Ghana population is 34 million. People don't watch movies. Let's talk about movies specifically. People don't really watch movies here. Like go to the cinema and watch. We don't have a movie going culture. We have two cinemas and there's the same chain the same brand of cinema yeah. in uh, Silverbird, right? Yeah. So like, let's say there's a million people, 1.5 million people in Accra. Like what percentage of people are going to go watch a movie? Less than 10% of people are going to watch a movie at the cinema. Yeah. It's different if I have my film and I'm like, hey, come and do uh, music on my film. I can't pay you what you want, but I can pay you something. And if the movie does well, is going to be seen by people. I can't make that argument to you because it's not true because people aren't going to watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in, and again, I'll use, I won't even use America. I'll use Nigeria as an example. Nigeria has a 300 million plus population. If I come to you and I tell you, come and put your song in my movie, uh, at least 300 000 to 500,000 people will see it. You can believe those odds. that it, yeah. it's yeah. Even if even if it doesn't reach the 500,000, it will reach more people than it will reach here. So having a small population really, really hampers our ability to to make these smaller deals that would build up the industry. You know what I mean? Like the community that you're talking about doesn't exist here because the Ghanians would much rather buy from outside than buy from here. And it's changing a little bit. Let me not be so negative. It is changing (sighs) a little bit. But for the most part, that's not not how things go down here. You know? Yeah. it, it, it would really take an effort to create a system where our films cross over into Nigeria or like into West Africa, okay. right? There, there's where the population starts to make a little bit yeah. more sense. It can reach a few, a few more eyeballs or maybe we're using a different medium. Maybe we're using social media to push our films. I think I saw recently that they put Mean Girls on TikTok. The whole thing, <laughs> yeah, and broke they, put it down they, into they broke it down into. I think Damn, so. I don't remember. That's mad. I think it was. I don't know if it was Mean Girls, another movie. They broke it down and they put it on TikTok or some stupid shit like that. You know, um, I don't know what it is. There is something there that that could work, but it's difficult. I don't. I, it's hard to make those promises to people. You know, because yeah. at, me as a person, I would want to be able to tell you that. Oh man, like even dude, my 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 film my first film is on Netflix. None of the people that, none of the people that were involved in the movie give give a fuck the film is on Netflix. You know what I mean? Most of them don't really know, but like, I mean, people don't, they don't care. They don't invest. People don't invest in the projects that they're in. It's just a paycheck. And it makes it difficult because I'm, again, film is a collaborative medium, right? I'm gonna, I'm the director of the film. I'm the writer of the film. I know what I want. Yeah. But I'm not a sound guy. So I'm going to hire somebody who knows the fucking shit about sound and come in and read my script and give it the same love that that I would give it so that when he's doing the sound, he's like, no, do it this way. And I'll listen because I don't know shit about sound. That's a lie. I know things about sound, but like that's there. I hired you because you know what you're doing. Do you think Steven Spielberg does everything in his movie? No, especially now at his age. No way. He's got people that know what the fuck they're doing. And when he hires them, he knows that they're gonna bring their A game. They're gonna bring their A game, and the film. Yeah, at the end of the day, Steven Spielberg is gonna get credit for it. Cool, but as I said, nobody, not everybody, needs to be the the star. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't all have to be the star of the show, and it's okay. You know, it's okay to. Not everybody can handle that pressure, right? Because Steven Spielberg's name is at the end of the credits, and he's getting all the credit. But if this film fucks up. They're going to point their fingers at Steven, the sound guy and the art director and the gaffer. They don't, they're protected. They got their check. They're good. You know what I mean? It's a lot of things about teaching people about media here. Dedication. Yeah. Yeah. And on, on the, 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 the macro scale, finding a way to create other avenues for our projects but then that goes into a whole other spiel about making them accessible to people from other countries.
0: Let's talk about your experience, putting your first movie together. What did that look like? Give me like the insiders look to you
1: achieving that and mm-hmm. how it gone on Netflix. Okay. Um, so this started initially I was supposed to do a horror movie. This story actually goes very far back, but I'll try and condense it. Basically, I was supposed to do a horror movie with my then-business partner. I watched this movie years ago called Johnny Belinda. It's an old Hollywood black and white movie. Deaf and mute girl who was raped and gets pregnant by, like, the most famous popular guy in the village. But then she can't tell anybody about it because you know, she can't communicate. Yeah. And I thought this is an amazing story that would be relevant for today in Ghana. So I wanted to do this whole thing and make it a horror movie and all this stuff. Anyway, got advice from a friend of mine. He's like, if you want to, you should need to decide what you want to do and do it. If you're going to make a movie, make a movie. If you're going to do a TV show, do a TV show. If you're going to sit at home and do nothing, do that, but make a decision right now, you know? So I always had this idea of doing a film about a dutiful son. Cause I feel like a lot of, people feel like they like bound by the duty to do things that like culturally or, or whatever. And this idea of making a wedding movie because everybody likes weddings and doing a romantic comedy because it's palatable. Right. So that's where um, the idea came from. And I was really, I'm, I'm very grateful that I have friends and family that were interested in the story and believed in the vision and they were able to fund it. So the funding wasn't as, challenging right like i was able to raise funds when we were initially going to do the first film we had done like a casting call and we had been hiring a few crews so i was able to get some of these people um from those projects to help me kind of build a team and we had a casting call and one of the guys who we talked to he knew a producer now, this guy actually was an actor. He wasn't a producer, but he was an industry and he knew people. He knew Mami, Mami Dokono, Grace O'Mabo. Um, so we were able to get her involved. And then he also knew Ajete, so we were able to get Ajete involved, Ajete Anan. Yeah. Um, so we got all these people involved. He started producing. I wrote the script, you know, um, very green. Uh, I don't think I would write that script the same way now. I noticed so many problems uh, with that script, uh, characters would talk for too long. The pacing was not that great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I still have a problem with pacing, but I'll work on it. I'll build on it, and eventually, it'll be, it'll be much better. Tight, yeah. yeah. What were
0: the challenges like? What did it take to like come together? How long did it take?
1: The film took. We shot. I want to say 2016 or 2017 Christmas. Um, we took a break for a week, and we came back. The shooting was challenging. Um, I was really worried about people coming on time. So we housed everybody, right? Which cost a shit ton of money. And I think that was a bad idea. Bad idea. Very bad idea. I would say like a good portion of our budget went towards paying for the renting of the building that we housed everybody in. But I was worried that we were going to say, oh, call time is six and people weren't going to show up. Right. And that would really fucking piss me off and as a director you need to be not pissed off in order to be focused yeah. Yeah. and clear minded to be able to do your job um so we housed everybody i think that was a bad idea in hindsight obviously hindsight is 2020 our first day we had a location that we had spoken to the person and we had agreed beforehand that like we we're going to shoot there the guy was okay with us shooting there we get there with our buses, with our actors, with our makeup, with our camera crew. We're setting everything up. We're getting ready to shoot. Liddy comes in and says she doesn't know, have any idea of us shooting there. She's and not aware. She's not aware. She has no idea. This is my first day, my first film. So I was like, okay, um, I called the guy who we had had the plans with the deal with, didn't answer his phone. Classic. Classic. So we had to move. We had to go shoot somewhere somewhere else. So already we're delayed three hours moving around in traffic, you know. Um, Luckily, we had a location uh, that we had been doing our rehearsals in, and they were very cool. They let us shoot there, no problem. And, um, (laughs) yeah, that was the first day. And after that, things were, I think they were okay. but, you know, it's it's little, little things, man. People not pulling their weight. Yeah, little, little, little things ways. that are not supposed
0: to be. Yeah.
1: Problems. Yeah, I mean, filmmaking is already stressful enough that you have to add more stress to it by people not doing their jobs. Um, the good things that we did were that we got kids from a film school, so every department had two attaches, I guess. Mm-hmm. That So we were helping kind of build... Yeah. The capacity for some of these kids Who would have never had a chance to shoot a yeah, feature yeah. film And I thought that was really nice That was cool Yeah. Um, but that was fun man Like to be honest like I say the first time you make a Your first film is like the first time you have sex It's like it's really messy You don't know what the fuck you're doing But yeah. at the end of the day you feel kind of good You know like <laughs> I did it You know <laughs> um, And you know Post production is where the problems really came in Uh, sound took forever there wasn't really a lot of communication okay Um, and there were a lot of things that I didn't know like I didn't know about sound design I didn't know that's a thing it's a thing it's a fucking thing I didn't know that I had to hire a whole ass team to do sound design on set or like oh this is a post production man I know about that so we had to do sound and I wasn't attuned to sound design like I am now right um, so the sound design wasn't great yeah music was another problem you know we had gotten this band to do songs for the movie right which were amazing but we didn't have any like cues we didn't have any mood music so some scenes just didn't have music in them. it was raw it was raw and it needed like she's walking in the door do 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 you know stuff like that like um, things to help the energy of the film <laughs> yeah So I learned a lot. Um, Editing to scenes with drag, you know, post-production. I think no matter what kind of film you make, post-production will open your eyes to everything that is wrong with the way you look at making films, you know. And you need to start thinking. You need to start post-production in pre-production. Yeah. People here don't understand that. You can't. Oh, my God you can't even if you want to try and do things differently it's very very difficult yeah like i'll go to like the guy making the score i'm like i want you to start i want you to read the script and start making music for me i can't do that i need to see visuals i don't give a fuck read the (laughs) script and do some music for me you know give me something to work give me something to work i watched a youtube video about a guy who did a sound mood board you know you know what a mood board is, obviously. Yeah. He did a sound mood board, sound design mood board. Is he, he Ghanian? No. <laughs> Hell no. But we can do that. I mean, like, the whole idea was that the, the sound mood board was a auditory, like, uh, exploration of the film. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was, fuck, people are doing this? Like, that's amazing. And it's so helpful when you're shooting because... You can fill in the blanks, you know, as you're shooting. So when you go to post-production, you're not thinking about, oh man, h- how is the sound motivated? I need music in this scene or I need uh, uh, traffic in this scene. The, su- the, scene is, the sound is too low. I need something to give the scene an energy, a vibrancy, to make it feel alive. Sound is so important. Yeah. Apart from writing and acting and lighting and cinematography, yeah sound is the main reason why our films tank outside okay 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 yeah post-production it took a while the coloring the little visual effects that we needed to do here and there i'm trying to think if there's anything else that went down um yeah and how did you get it on netflix well so my film so my film came out actually as silverbird and it didn't make any money. Like, it made... I don't remember how much money it made, but it wasn't anything, nothing to write home about. And that was really depressing. And I was actually depressed for a whole year. Like, <laughs> can, you, would... can you, like, go with that again? <laughs> <laughs> My film didn't make any money, and I was depressed for one whole year. It didn't make any money, like, no ticket sales, like, no, nobody... I mean, okay, so, the way it works here in Ghana is... The Silverbird made us pay to use their cinema for the opening night. So we had to pay them.
0: Okay. So, to
1: screen your movie, basically. Yes. So that's the first thing that the money's going down the drain. The first day that we have to pay them, we have to give away tickets because we can't have the actors pay for tickets. So we have to give away a ton of free tickets. Right? So that's already another huge percentage of our, our money that we're supposed to get in. Gone we're supposed to make all of our money on that day because i think i forget what it is specifically i think the first day all the money that comes in is yours but then you've already removed 30% of the money you could potentially get right the next week i think it's 50-50 split between silverbird and me and then the next week it's 60-40 and then 70 30 or whatever um i don't remember how much money the movie made but my budget was like $60,000 and I don't remember how much money the movie made. I think it made like ten thousand CDs, maybe less. Wow. Yeah. And um I was really depressed, man. I I felt I felt like I let the people that gave me their money down. Because I was really and I took the calls and I told them what was going on. Cause I don't want that on my heart. You know, I don't want that on my conscience. I told I updated them every day about what was going down how things were going, you know. And the, the longest time, I didn't know what to do with the film. And, and my producer, the guy who I was yes. supposed to be doing the film with, he wasn't pulling his weight at all. Wow. I called him one day, and he's like, he's on the set of another movie. And when he's done with that, he'll give me, he'll give me a He'll get call. back to you. Yeah. And I told him that, you know what, don't call me, you're fired. I don't need you anymore. So how did you build yourself up from there? Well, thankfully... Another filmmaker, the guy who did Kateke, director of Keteke, he got me in touch with Gravel Road, which is a intermediary arbitrator in South Africa. And they took the movie on. And that's how the movie got onto Egypt Airways and uh, all these other airlines. And they made a little bit of money from there. So that was cool. This is a year after it come out. Okay. Um, and I signed like a five-year contract with these guys. So it started to look up a little bit In terms of my personal How I got myself up I don't know man I was circling the drain <laughs> You know I was not in a good place At all I was really bad 2018 Okay Because I remember there was a World Cup The one where France beat Croatia The thing is I've been depressed before In my younger years And I fought it And I realized something about depression And about life Is like when you are going through the thing, it's just something that's passing through you. It's not you, and it's not happening to you really in a way. It's just something that you're experiencing. And when you can detach yourself from that, you can experience it and know that, like, that's "That's not who I I am. That's not who I am. And that, like, this thing really sucks. Yeah. But it's not me. And I was depressed, but I was still in good spirits. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I was like, this is just how I feel now. And this isn't permanent. And like, I can still be happy and I can still have a good time. And I can allow this thing to flow, you know? And that's how I've dealt with, I've had like a major depression and I got over that. And I've had like episodes since then, minor episodes here and there. And how I get through it is, there's that positive mindset yeah you know which is difficult to to build but if you're able to build that foundation it's it's a weird thing because it's like it's like sitting back within yourself and observing how you feel and knowing that and believing in yourself and believing that everything is going to be okay
0: oh there's a there's a famous poem i forgot who it's by but it, it describes what you're saying very well it says that like you are a player of the game, but you're able to detach from yourself that you observe yourself playing the game without attaching any emotion. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes you need that level of detachment where you're aware of what's happening, but you also understand that this is just a passing moment and it's not who I am
1: now. This is just my experience and it will pass. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it taught me a lot about attachment. And, like, I was attached to this idea that the movie would change my life, you know, and it would come out and, like, get my life back on track and, like, you know, everything was supposed to change and nothing okay. changed, you know? And I really thought that, like, people would be hitting me up for, for music videos and, like, you know, like, I thought, like, my life would change. This is it. This is it. This is it, right? Like, I put a movie together. It's not a if you've done any creative projects, like it's not a small thing or like, it's a big deal. Like yeah. putting it together. There are people out there that are more talented than me. That have never put a film together. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And sometimes I meet some of these people. I'm like, you should be making movies. Like what the fuck are you doing with your time? Like, but I put together two films, you know, it's not a small feat, especially in this country, you know, where everything is like literally fighting against you to like put things together but, you know, um, sometimes, it's, yeah, you just got to give yourself time, you know. And, like, it's difficult because we live in this world where, you know, accomplishment is so important, you know. And I think...
0: I think more of
1: recognition. People, Everyone wants recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of shifting away from that idea and, like, I want to create for this because I want to create i need to tell these stories yeah because if not i wouldn't have them circling in my mind yes you know what i mean like if i wasn't supposed to tell these stories they wouldn't be there you know and if you're an artist or a creative person even if you're a content creator oh my god (laughs) if those ideas are in your head if those things are in your your soul and your heart you need to get them out yeah you know, and I don't think Prince was doing what he was doing for money. Yeah. The money was great. Obviously he was getting paid money, but like, I don't think that's what got him up. Whatever time he got up to do 2000 songs in one day, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like there's gotta be something deeper that pushes you to do what you're doing. Yeah. And for me, it's really about making movies that help people realize things about themselves because Movies have had such an amazing impact on my life, mm-hmm. you know. And I was that like shy kid that didn't have any friends, that felt alone a lot of the times. And music was there for me, and movies were there for me. That was me too. Yeah, man. And like, I owe it to that person out there that's me. Yeah. That's you. That's going to hear. Maybe nobody likes my movie. Maybe nobody likes my music. It's still out there. I'm still gonna get paid. But that person is gonna see it, and they're gonna be like, "Maybe I feel a little less alone." And I think that, yeah, that is so important. It is, you know.
0: And it's great that you have this realization that because of that, you're going to move on.
1: No matter what. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love this. I love telling stories. I may shift from film to focus specifically on. uh, Maybe I'll stick to books for now until either I move away from Ghana to a place where I can make films happen more frequently or um, I don't know. Maybe things change here or something. Um, But yeah, sometimes. The way we see our lives isn't exactly what they necessarily need to be, and not that it won't be like that, but it's attachment, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna become a filmmaker, and that blocks you from seeing so many other things that you could be, you know, mm-hmm. and um sometimes we need to detach ourselves a little bit from an idea. Because all that we are as human beings in terms of how we perceive each other is ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know me, Hillel. You have an idea of what I am or an idea of what I project. You don't know who I really am. I don't know who I really am. Whatever that really means. Or yeah. maybe, you know what I mean? Like, all of these things are ideas. And when you're attached to an idea of yourself, it it makes it difficult for you to, like, embrace the reality
0: yeah yeah um I mean, those are such critical things, especially when it comes to like awareness of who you are and then how you want to show up in the world mm-hmm. just to also close off this properly. I feel like once you've understood what your purpose is and like this game of life especially as a creative, I feel like you should put yourself in a position where you create out of love just because. That's who you are, not because you want to make money, right? And, and that's a hard position to be in, especially in, in a place like Ghana. Yeah, 100%. And it's a hard realization to have, you know, because sometimes sometimes the thing you, that you love will also disappoint you, you know? True, <laughs> true. Yeah, it's like the the child that you have to take care of that's like not listening.
1: It's yes. disappointing to see that as a, as a parent. Yeah, yeah you know or like you know you know what they're doing is is wrong but sometimes you can't with kids you can't like you shouldn't interfere you need to let them make their own mistakes yeah there are two kinds of people the people that learn from other people's mistakes Mistakes, yes and people that need to experience it themselves you know yeah and some people are just like that like some people are just built like that like tell them a million times don't put don't do this don't do this they need to see it for themselves yeah and that's okay yeah it's hard makes life a little bit more difficult right but
0: so hello let's look forward let's look forward we're in 2024 let's look forward to the next decade Where, where do you envision this thing going especially for yourself as as a filmmaker and being a
1: creative? Um, In Ghana, like for me specifically or in terms of like Ghana? You specifically then speak about the broader context
0: of Ghana and then maybe beyond.
1: (sighs) 10 years, man. Damn, I'll be in my 40s. (laughs) Um, It's crazy. No matter how old I get, I still feel like I'm like a kid. Why is that? I don't know what it is. Like I'm pushing, I'm going to be 38 this year, but I still feel like I'm in my twenties. And I think it's the creative energy. Like I'm a creative person, you know, and it's something that I embody in my life. And I don't feel, and I feel like it's like being attached to like, your soul. not attached when you, when you're connected to your soul, Like, you don't feel a physical age. I mean, I do feel like, I mean, I can't do some of the things I used to do, right? But I still feel, like, energetic and vibrant, you know? Like, when you connect to your own soul, like, and you know your purpose, like, these things give you that drive, that energy, you know? I can't see myself being 10 years older in a... Like this physical reality world, you know, like, I don't know what that would look like. I know I would be creating. um, I know I'll have a healthier relationship to myself, hopefully a healthier relationship to my environment. And I will be creating stories I feel that are a little bit more mature. A lot of my protagonists now don't have kids, right? Like, or are not, they're connected to the world in a very specific way to the way that i see young people are connected to the world or how i am connected to the world in the next 10 years hopefully i'll have some kids or maybe i'll have some kind of uh situation that allows me to see the world in a different way and create different characters that are more nuanced in their own ways right i believe that i'm getting better at what i do at telling stories um and i i see myself I see myself doing more writing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, but I will still make movies. Okay. But I'll be more strategic about what stories I decide to put into phys- the physical medium. Yeah. Um, but I really do hope that I have the space to also give opportunities to young artists. You know what I mean? To create in what a, way? in in a very direct way, giving them money and giving them the creative ability and the belief in themselves to create their own stories. You know, I hope that I can push myself uh, creatively to the point that people want to do something similar. That they're like, oh man, if Hillal took these risks creatively, I can too. Mm-hmm. You know, because my favorite artist is David Bowie. One of my favorite artists. And I, and I mean artists in the broadest sense of the word. David Bowie always pushed the envelope with his work. He was never happy doing the same thing that made him popular before. He's like, okay, my last album was like this. Okay, be, the suits will be telling him do the same thing, right? He's like, no, fuck that. I want to do something new, you know? Okay. And I think being able to be an artist, a real artist is about evolution, and I never want to be stuck telling this, doing something in the same way. I want to grow. I want to understand. Film is such a diverse medium in, in terms of like, we have only scratched the surface of what we can do with it. Right. If you think about it, film has only been around for a couple, about a hundred years. Yes. Music has been around for a long time. Art has been around for like uh painting has been around for like a long sculpture. All these things have been around for, you know, thousands of years i don't know um as far as we know recorded film has not been around for that long has only been around for about 100 years right Mm -hmm. like who's to say that like our ability to tap into our own emotional core like there's not other ways to do that right through the visual medium yeah um ways to connect with people ways to bring people together ways to show people like the film I'm working on now, the the story I'm writing now is about um, like one of the characters is a psychopath. And I think there are a lot of people that are exhibiting psychopathic tendencies, sociopathic tendencies in our society, and we don't, narcissistic tendencies, and we can't identify them. And as I was writing this story, I came across an article about how difficult it is to spot psychopaths. And I was like, this is part of the reason why I'm doing this story. So that we can spot these people in our society and yeah. hopefully put a stop to them. What gave you the idea for it? This story. Um, the idea. The name of the story is Tantra, and it's about a, a cursed club. Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we all know that club. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it's different for everybody. Um, the story really came about because. Initially, the story was about like I I love. I don't know if you guys grew up in Ghana, but like we had a club Tantra, back in the day. Remember Club Tantra? Yeah, yeah. Tantra was a spot. That so, was that, was, that was, was the only place. That to was go. the only place, really. Like, and I wanted to do something that paid homage to like our childhoods, growing up here in Ghana and going clubbing and all this bullshit. Um, that's what the name of the story is, Tantra, and the name of the club in the story is Tantra, and. I had an experience with somebody and the person displayed themselves as a very sweet and very kind and very whatever person. But I feel like deep down they were kind of an asshole, you know? And yes. I wanted to create a character that represented this idea of how people are so fake, right? Yeah, Like people are just, people can be very, very inauthentic without even knowing it. And that's where that character came out about she came across from this um this very like fake place where it's like oh i'm doing all of these things that are like to show people how nice nice of a person I, yeah. to show people how good of a person is always am. people pleasing like yeah, exactly but underneath, borderline... i'm just a, am just as shitty as everybody else probably even more shitty and that's kind of where i wanted to do that yeah you know
0: yeah. On, on the flip side, just just also add to what you're saying. Like, I feel like that's the realization I also want people to notice. Six months from now, twelve months from now, that person that you want to please—they won't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, so like, yeah. if you really look at it, you have nothing to lose in that sense. Where, like, you have to be some version of someone to be liked. You know, you're showing up as someone you're not. Yeah. I look at it this way. If you have nothing to hide, nothing to defend,
1: who do you show up as? Yeah, who is that person? Yes. What What are you... I was reading this book and it was like, like, the question of who you are is like, you know, oh, you would say, oh, I'm a filmmaker. That's not who you are. That's what you do. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'm Ghanaian. That's not who you are. That's where you were born. Yeah. Right? Like, the who you are question is much deeper than your... Actions Yes It's like when you strip Like you said When you strip all these things away You take away all your cars All of your money yeah, yeah, All of yeah. your friends All of the things you've done All of your memories Everything What are you You know And I mean that's much m- more of a deeper Yes yes You know ex- But these are questions that we're not asking yeah. yeah We want to keep it light Yeah You know We want music that can make us shake our, our booty Yeah But I, I will say one thing oma Omale writes some of the deepest music that like I didn't even realize um and I heard this one song the doctor said I bust my liver I've been smoking I've been drinking smoking cigar and I never listened to the song properly when I listened to it I realized he was talking about a toxic relationship and I was like, you can still make amazing music that makes people vibe, yeah, yeah. but you're talking about something that's really yeah, personal, yeah, really important. Yeah. And someone listens to that song and like rethinks like their own life.
0: Yeah. And and that's my whole thing about being a creative, being able to translate language and being able to communicate in such a way that you break it down in diverse ways that people can pick different things from yeah. just the same thing.
1: Yeah. That's an amazing talent to be able to do. Yeah. That's yeah. an amazing talent.
0: Yeah and like that's what inspires me to keep going. Yeah.
1: To close off. Hello.
0: What's your definition of love? Love. Yeah. Love
1: is I think people would say love is a feeling. Um maybe it's a little bit of that. But love is an action. Right? Every yeah. day you know doing 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 the thing that you care about or doing for the person that you care about it's putting them first making your o- making sure you're okay but putting them putting someone else before you mm-hmm. right like cuz you got to be good before you can put someone else before you yeah. so i think the first step of love is self love you can't mm-hmm. love somebody else unless you love yourself I don't think it's possible. What are you giving them? <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm giving you my heart, but I don't love myself. So, what are you giving them? You're not giving them any. You're, you're giving them your emptiness. You're giving them your, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, the first step of love is to love yourself. You love yourself and you know that you're whole without anybody else. Yeah. And loving someone else is allowing somebody into your life in a way that makes your life better and makes their life better. Yeah. And you're not doing it. There's, the the give and take is is balanced in a, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Maybe it's not. It's healthy. In, it's healthy. Maybe not immediately. Maybe like, you know, sometimes you have to carry somebody if yeah. you're in a relationship, even in a friendship. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes they have to carry you. You know, um, love is a lot of things, man. It's difficult to make it one thing. It's also removing of the ego. You know, like, and and ac- accepting somebody for who they are. You know. Yeah. But I, but it always comes down to self-love. If you can love yourself like that, and I think that you are always in love. Yeah. You know?
0: Hello, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you very much for having me. This has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I hope you did as well. I
1: did as well. Thank you, man. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Take it easy.